Hey guys, thanks for taking time to listen to episode six of Naptime and Me Time. Today's guest is my friend Laura. Laura has two daughters, um, ages four and one, and she also is a stepmom to an 18-year-old who's getting ready to head off to college in a couple weeks. So I had the hardest time editing this episode, and it's because there's so much of her story that I think is so interesting. Um, We talk about her journey through IVF. We talk about her journey through um, being a stepmom and kind of what that's looked like. And we talk some about... um, she kind of had a, a brain disorder um, that hit her a few years back, and we talked about kind of how she's navigated that and how it's kind of forced her to take some time, prioritize what's most important, which is her family, um, and making sure that they're taken care of and all that kind of stuff. And so today's episode is a little longer, but I think it's so interesting, and I think you're going to love hearing Laura's story. So Enjoy. So what I'll start off with in saying is that my husband is 12 years older than me, mm-hmm. um, which is which is great for us. We've always thought age is just a number, never really thought a whole lot about it. Did you think that even when you met him or did you not know he was I would never have guessed that he was 12 years older than I me. Either. And any time that I mentioned that or any time anybody realizes his age, they're like... What? Yeah, you what know? you guys don't know is that Stan looks pretty good. Like yeah. he's he works out, mm-hmm. he takes good care of himself. Yes. If yes. I like saw him when when I guess you were in your twenties, mm-hmm. yeah, and like you wouldn't have thought that. Oh, like, oh I this never guy was thought. Be. You know, he was he 30, was a creepy old guy. He was thirty seven when I met him, um, and I never. I mean, I would never have guessed that. But the funny thing about it is I never even thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he's always looked good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just with that and him being older and coming from a previous marriage, he um, little little did I know when I met him had had a vasectomy. And I'm oh, I'm going to be very open about this. <laughs> yeah. So you really get the full picture. <laughs> And I guess for me, I've never been the type that had my wedding planned when I was, you know, six years old or had this time frame of when I wanted to get married or when I wanted to have kids. And mm-hmm. from my perspective, it was just going to happen naturally yeah. as it should. And um, Stan had a child when I met him. And he got a vasectomy? Because he didn't want to have no more babies with that woman. Okay. <laughs> and that's why. Yeah, he was like, well, I don't know where this is going to turn yes. out, but we're, we're kind of done. Yes, with they, that. they were done, and mm-hmm. he, he felt that that's what he needed to do that's at the fine. time. Mm-hmm. So when, when we met and, and we got married, he tells me about this procedure that he's having, and I'm like, what? So he had it reversed. Oh. Because once we're married and we're in our relationship, we have the conversation of wanting to have babies wanting to start our own family were you cranky that he didn't did is that when you found out he had a vasectomy yeah like was that a thing it was a thing okay but if you know stan and how i know him i really i wasn't too surprised Mm 
Um, but I, at the point, I, at that point, I was a little concerned. I'm like, okay, what does this mean? And what does this mean for us? Mm-hmm. And I mean, he he went through he went th- through the whole process, which I would not recommend <laughs> to anybody. I, I mean, I hear vasectomies are pretty terrible. I mean, yeah, I, I've ha- I've had a baby, so I don't feel that bad. But um, yeah, no, no, um, <laughs> I would say the reversal is probably worse than having uh, a baby. <laughs> I mean, from what I've noticed, I don't know. It just seemed really, yeah. He was put up. Like, he was um, out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> What's the word? Very like archaic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it was bad. It was bad. Okay. So from that, um, we, you know, after several tests were done, um, we realized that we weren't going to be able to have, you know, a baby right away, mm-hmm. um, and there was a chance that because of sperm levels, et cetera, we probably weren't going to be able to have one, you know, at all or naturally Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. So we, after several conversations with, you know, fertility doctors, they recommended going the IVF route, Mm -hmm. which put a lot on me. Um, You know, after all of the testing, because that's all your body it's and a, shots and all the shots, yeah. all the hormones, all of the needles, all the pokes, all the doctor's visits. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot. Um, I'm, I will say that it's worth it. And mm-hmm. I will always advocate IVF to anybody who, you know, feels like that's the way that they need to go. Um, but it was hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I think probably harvesting the eggs was the hardest part, but yeah. at the end of the day, we have two beautiful babies mm-hmm. because of it. And and I and I will also say I got very lucky because once we had you know our eggs, the implantation was really easy and mm-hmm. it took right away. When you say um, that the eggs are the harvesting the eggs was the hardest part, is it was it? painful was it, it just was, scary or oh no it was painful really I mean, my hormones they were raging I felt like you know they make you it almost makes you feel like you're pregnant really you know mm-hmm. and and you just have all these emotions going on where you don't know where they're coming from mm-hmm. and you know just imagine like they're they're making something happen mm. in your body yeah and, you know, I was able to harvest, I think it was like 18 mm. or to 20 plus, you know, embryos at the time, which was a good amount. Yeah. It's crazy to think how many kind of don't make it to that final okay. stage where they're viable. Um, but throughout the whole process, we made it out with three babies. Is there so. one more in a bank somewhere? So as of this year or earlier in the year, we we made the decision and it was a hard one and it sounds really, really morbid, but this is just kind of our our decision. Yeah. It's our journey that we 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 didn't want another baby. We mm-hmm. technically combined have three kids mm-hmm. with that being said, one of them that's going to college, one of them that's going to pre-K. Yeah. And so we were we were good with what we had and so yeah. we just kind of made the decision to um let go yeah, of that, you're good let you're go good of yeah that one and in and in our minds you know it's just a cell 
Mm-hmm. It was just a cell. It wasn't a. It wasn't a human. It wasn't a. It was yeah. simply a cell. Mm-hmm. And so we we kind of we made that decision. Okay. Um, just this year, it wasn't easy. It was it was very weird. There was a lot of paperwork. Really? Uh, yeah. There was a lot of paperwork. You kind of have to sign away like those rights, and, and they uh, do disposal. It's a whole right. Thing. It's okay. a whole thing. Um, huh. but but I will say just kind of going through you know the process literally from the the beginning you Mm -hmm. know to the end you know it it's it's beautiful and it's beautiful in our in our own way that's awesome you know we were able to pick the number of the embryo did you pick the gender we did so we did all the genetic testing. Yeah. Um, and we knew that we had two little girls and one little boy. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, my God. I yeah. just put those pieces together. So, huh. Interesting. Because it's funny. And, and what it reminds me of is when um, Chrissy Teigen, who I love, mm-hmm. um, she and John Legend ended up doing... IVF and they were like and she says Chrissy Teigen did an interview and she says how she picked a little girl because she knew that John Legend would be such a good dad to a little girl they now they also had a little boy later on and people were like how could you do that how could you pick blah 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 and she said well um or she said you know it should be God's decision and whatever and then she said well God didn't want me to have babies so you know like you know what I mean and so I don't think that there's anything wrong with I can tell you how we picked can (laughs) I tell you you, by all means well um and this this is kind of on another maybe tangent but the last com- conversation that I had with my dad before he passed away, mm-hmm. he, we sat down at lunch and my sister had just had her second little boy. Mm. And when we sat down at lunch, we're talking and he asked me at the end of that lunch when I was going to give him a granddaughter. Oh, well, you're like, oh, shit. Now, I yeah. And to. I was like, at the time, Stan and I were simply engaged. We weren't married yet. Mm. And I'm like, dad. But he wanted he wanted a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I will say that my dad was the most wonderful grandfather to my oldest nephew, which was the only fortunate one that was able to meet him. Mm-hmm. And so when we received all the genetic information and we had to make that decision, it was a no brainer yeah. to have a girl. And also the fact that Stan had his boy. Yeah, he had done um, that. So all that yeah. like, oh, I want to have a boy. I want to have one of right. you, all that stuff. You, right. You yeah. were good. Yeah, we were good. And so he knew about that conversation. So we that's how we made the decision to pick Mila yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Yes. And then obviously with, um, with Issa, when we made you know that decision to have another one which for a period of time we thought we weren't going to be able to Mm. we really just wanted mila to have a sister you know yeah it's different because her brother is so much older than her so they were never going to really no they don't live in the same home like all full time like they don't no and i just think that in general 
because I have an older brother. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we get along great now. And, you know, we talk from time to time. But it's just not the same bond. That, that you have with you your know. sister. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, with sister is more, you know, of your friend. And you can share things with them. And mm-hmm. you're just, you have a different level of friendship. Yeah. Than you do as you grow older with a brother. Yeah. I think. I so. will say that I did not know that you had a brother. So yeah. he, yeah, so he's uh, four years older than me and he lives in Austin. Oh. So yes, he, he dances to the beat of his own drum. Really? He just <laughs> he hangs does. out up there? Yes. He's always been kind of in the music scene and. Oh, he's I mean, that literally he, yes. dances to the beat of his own oh, drum. Oh, yes. And <laughs> I mean, he's, he's great and we love him, but mm-hmm. um, he's been there since he was 18 and so um like he hightailed it out of Kingsville he did. the second yeah, he could. yeah. Well, did you go to school up there or he was just like I'm no done. he's like peace out Kingsville I'm done with you <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Kingsville exactly so well, you're not missing much okay <laughs> that's too funny if your dad it's interesting that it came up because I was wondering if your dad had any part of because I knew I knew that he wasn't around for Mila and Isa, mm-hmm. and so I was wondering if he had any interjection. So right, it's kind of cool that he did. It is. It is very special. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very thankful for that last lunch that I had with him. Is that the last? That was the last time really? that I saw him. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. long after that did did he pass away? A few weeks. Really? Yes. It's it a was, heart attack, right? It was a heart attack. Yeah. Very unexpected massive um with absolutely no idea and at the time when I was working it I just so happened to be going through Kingsville to McAllen Mm. I believe and I stopped in and I called my dad and asked him hey do you want to go to lunch hadn't really seen him you know in a while before that Mm -hmm. and he you know he said yes and I'm just grateful that we were able to have that conversation that's and crazy. he could tell me that's kind of what wow. was on his mind at the time. So, yeah. Everyone who <clears throat> I, I shouldn't I shouldn't qualify I, I should qualify that statement. I feel like so many people that have had someone so important to them pass away, they all have a story like that where it was mm-hmm. just something. Mm-hmm. Like something made mm-hmm. you like you could have just gone to your, you know, next destination or whatever, and then you just kind of stop and right. have that. And you guys ended up moving up the wedding because you were very, like, like yeah. no, like... What's interesting is that before my dad passed away, we really, we didn't really have much of a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. We were kind of like, well, we'll get to it. Yeah. And we just kind of wanted to be happy. Because you lived here and y'all had moved oh, yeah. in and done... Yeah, yeah. we had we were living together and you know at the time we just wanted to save up as much as we could and really just weren't giving it that much thought but then when you lose a parent you just kind of start thinking about things differently and you're like well let's just do it what are we waiting for type thing and it brought more joy to my family having Mm -hmm. just something more joyous to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, you could pivot them kind of, not that they're ever going to forget your dad or no. anything, but you can pivot toward this really exciting, fun right. experience. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of... And not to say my dad didn't have, you know, a role in that mm-hmm. too, because he was very much, you know, um, we... 
celebrated celebrated him um throughout the ceremony and mm-hmm. everything so yeah yeah we actually my dad passed away in in may and we ended up getting married in september how the hell did you pull a wedding off in four months i love planning things <laughs> <laughs> so you were like this is what i will do exactly and we literally decided on a venue there's no significance really to our wedding date mm-hmm. that was just when they had availability mm-hmm. and i said well let's do this i think it's pretty we're yes. doing this mm-hmm. get some dresses everybody exactly <laughs> and i it. mean i think in my mind like i kind of knew what i wanted i wanted something simple mm-hmm. and then ideas just start flowing and just put it together yeah so it was great <laughs> What's your biggest like triumph, like your biggest win with parenting, maybe parenting those two, maybe parenting just that little girl who. Right. So so I think that parenting is hard Mm -hmm. and I feel like a majority of the time I either feel like I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not doing it right. Mm -hmm. But what I would say my biggest triumph is, is when you know, we either go out in public or even when we're at home and our little girls are just very well behaved and they're respectful mm-hmm. and, you know, they just really show their manners or yeah. even with Mila now that she's four and she just starts responding and showing us things that we're teaching her. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, when you know, I rest my head down and I can just see that our efforts are, are paying off just because they're sweet little girls. And, you know, we don't have to worry when we go out or, you know, we're with friends or even with family that they're just going to be little terrors. I would take that (laughs) as a big triumph. Yeah. I think that it's funny whenever I go over to y'all's house and, um, Laura's really good and she always has party favors. (laughs) And I know you always have party favors and she's and Mila's always so sweet about handing them out mm-hmm. and greeting her guests. Mm-hmm. And um, she's real big on that. She's also real big on saying bye. Yes. Um, when she it may seem like she's trying to make you leave faster. No, but, but she's, she's just she's, is like, oh, we're leaving. OK, bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Let me walk you out. Yeah, so she's very, very sweet. Um, and so I think that that's. Yes. And yeah. those are all things that we try to teach her. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes you feel like you're just, you know, beating a dead horse when you're like, OK, what do you say? And mm-hmm. say, say this yeah, and yeah, say yeah. thank you and say hi and. But when they start doing it without being told is when you know that you're doing something right. Yeah. You know, because all of those things is what you want them to learn, mm-hmm. you know, in the long run. And so. Yeah. You just want yeah. them to be good people, yeah. you know, just nice and um, kind. Yeah. I, I would say that Mila is very minor mm-hmm. you know Issa we we had a scare at the end of my pregnancy which I was high risk mm-hmm. because of you know my condition which I guess we'll talk about later sure. um and it was just really precautionary but when I was about 34 weeks I believe mm-hmm. um they 
came in and told me they wanted me to see, you know, a pediatric cardiologist. And I'm thinking, why? Baby's still in here. Yeah, baby's still in here. They thought they saw an abnormality in her aorta. And they just wanted to be sure that everything was okay. They didn't, which was so bizarre to me. So, of course, they tell you not to panic. Well, you better believe we (laughs) panicked. And thankfully, we were able to get in right away. And they do this really extensive ultrasound. And they tell us um, that she she may be born with a like small hole in her heart, but that's normal. Yeah. But but for the most part, she's okay. Don't worry. Okay, we're not going to worry, right? And we... Yeah, because you're real chill at like 34 weeks. Right. Like, yeah. you are just hanging. Yeah, you're just hanging out. So when we did have, you know, Issa and they take her back to get her checked out, um, she has a heart murmur. Still not yeah. completely uncommon, but instead of one hole, she had two. And, you know, that led into wanting to be seen you know, by the same pediatric cardiologist um, once she went home. And it turned out that she has what's called moderate uh, pulmonary stenosis. So the pulmonary valve that leads, you know, to the heart is just a little abnormal. Mm -hmm. Um, And like it has like a kink in it. it. It has like a little kink in it. Like instead of, you know, being, you know, perfectly round, you know, it's just, just has, you know, like a dent, a little dent. Yeah. And, Thankfully, um, our case, like on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the worst was about a one. But at the same time, you know, there were just things that we noticed, like she didn't take a bottle as easily as Mila or most babies did because Mm -hmm. she's really working hard, you know, to both breathe you know, and uh, take yeah. in that bottle. And yeah, because you can't breathe while you're right. trying to drink. And right. It's that whole process. Right. And so I think, you know, the biggest thing, which really for being a little girl isn't terrible. She's more on the petite side. Mm-hmm. She does have a heart murmur. But, you know, as of our last appointment, she has progressed tremendously. They don't think that she'll need any kind of surgical intervention. That's good. And she should be able to grow out of it yeah will um, she grow because she is she is a little little thing will right she grow in and like will, will her growth catch up or will she always kind of just be a smaller person um i guess it just depends yeah i mean really i think she's catching up now yeah. i do yeah. like i do um so she might but she may just be a little bit smaller a little That's bit more fine. on the petite side we do okay Exactly. Okay, so you are also, in addition to being Mila and Issa's mom, Mm -hmm. you are also a stepmom. Yes. Tell me about that. Crazy, right? It's insane. (laughs) I couldn't imagine. And also, don't think it's lost on me that being a stepmom like I can't kind of imagine being a step because we're about the same age. You're yeah, thirty three. Thirty three. Yeah, you're thirty three, and your stepson is 18. eighteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that it's not even that it's not like it's not like a very like Dennis Quaid situation where no. like you guys are basically the same age. But no, like, but close. that is like a heavy right. responsibility, or is it? 
It is. Um, now, I will say that our dynamic is different. Mm-hmm. Um, Stan, I will say, is a very, very hands-on father. Mm-hmm. And I saw that at a very you know early point in our relationship with Trent. And he you know, with, with their divorce and with their transition, um, at the, at the beginning of it, when Trent was a lot younger, he took on a lot of that responsibility. Mm -hmm. I was always there, you know, to support, but it was, it was hard because of his Mm ex-wife. She always kind of put up, you know, a wall and drove a wedge, you know, in between us. Um, who knows what she, said about me but it was almost like Trent was afraid of me mm. for a very, very long time scary, and, and yeah I know monster <laughs> but I always knew that if I was just true to myself mm-hmm. and I that Trent would see that that he was going to see the real person that I was and as he got older and Stan just got more busy you know with his career there's just some things that, you know, as a wife and, you know, as a mother, you need to do for a child. And I always did that. Like if when Trent comes to the house, he always has what he needs. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's time for, you like know, food, toiletries. Exactly. Stuff like that. Yes. Um, he comes home to a clean room and at the time clean clothes. But now we're trying to teach him. To do that himself. Homeboy's about to go to college. So he's got to learn some. He needs to learn to get some quarters and do all the things that we all have to do. But I think part of a role as a mom is trying to teach that, Mm -hmm. especially when it's not happening elsewhere. So um, I've tried to help in that department, too. And even though sometimes it's hard because I'm not his mom and I've never tried to be. I just see certain things that I feel like he should know to help him, you know, when he gets to the next point. Um, So you're not going to catch us, you know, giggling or... (laughs) You guys don't like set, you You know, know how you see those like movies of like families all sitting on the couch on like a Friday night eating popcorn and like watching movies. And that's not... No. It's not happening at the Jones house. No, (laughs) it's not. And I mean, Trent's just, he's an 18-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got his own agenda. Who I will add is also very into music. And that that adds a level of like... Dare I say it, moodiness? Oh yeah, yeah. He is moody. Yeah, he is. Yeah. he is. And Stan, a little emo, little Stan, moody. Stan will tell you. Like sometimes we're like, "What is going on?" You know, because just his presence, his attitude. We're like, "Okay, we haven't even said five words to him." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he, you know, he's just kind of more introverted, sure, which is different. But I think in my situation. And it's not only like with Trent or this role, it's with anybody. You get me at face value. Mm -hmm. And I've never tried to be anything that I'm not to him. Um, So I just try to be there to support and help, you know, as much as I can. And I hope that one day he'll appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, honestly, like think of... That kind of interaction reminds me of like, like we have both been teenage girls who right. I'm sure at both points hated their mothers. Oh, and yeah. then at some point, 
we kind of come around. Right, exactly. And it's hard to think that at some point our little girls might hate us. They will, though. I know. (laughs) I'm like, I just take so many pictures and I'm like, remember when you loved me more than anything anything in this world? I was the best thing. Right. You used to get, you used to see me and run to me. Yes. I'm like, remember that? That's what I tell myself. Yes. But I think, like you said, it all comes like full circle. Like, have just, you guys ever had like a conversation, just the two of you? You guys ever like Trent and I? Yeah. Um, so you two in the house, stands late from work. <laughs> the girls maybe don't even exist yet. Um, not really. <laughs> Honestly, it's just I don't know who has much of a conversation with Trent. Um, because Stan? question mark. Not even stand sometimes. <laughs> like, you just get kind of one-word answers. Mm-hmm. But this is funny. We were sitting at the dinner table one night as a family because that's kind of one thing that I do. Y'all do make him eat with you. Yes, I do. And because that's important to me. Like mm-hmm. I And when we do this, especially when he's there, the TV's off, we sit down, that's the time that we talk. Sometimes Trent talks. Most of the time he doesn't. Um, you and Stan. Yeah, just it's just me and Stan. You stand and Mila. Just. Yes, exactly. And then Mila tries to say hi to Trent because she adores him. Aww. And he just blushes. But so we're talking about the new Aladdin movie because okay. I don't know who else was. who. Somebody had mentioned it to me, so I brought it up. And out of the blue, Trent was like, oh, I've seen it. And we were like, you have and he just starts talking all about the movie telling us about you know will smith and how he you know he played a good role and how it was a different storyline than you would expect i haven't seen it and i'm not going to spoil it for anybody please people you should have seen the laugh no i know but he actually you know was talking about something and Mm -hmm. you know we were conversing back and forth um But to say, like, I can't really count many meaningful (laughs) conversations we've had other than, you know, just a few words here and there. (laughs) You're having fun. I guess so. So that's good then. You guys haven't had any real, like, turmoil then. No, not at all. No. And I think that Trent knows, like, I'm there whenever, you know, he he needs something. Like, he's not uncomfortable asking me you know, if he needs something or whatever, but, um, it is what it is, you know? Okay. So you got sick in August of 2016 mm-hmm. and I know that you were working out at the gym or you had worked out at the gym mm-hmm. and you started to feel kind of crappy and you thought it is August in Texas. So maybe I'm just dehydrated or a little bit of heat or stroke or overheating or something like that. I just knew Something wasn't right. I've mm-hmm. always just had the mindset of I can power through mostly anything, sure. but this was not that. I got the most excruciating headache mm-hmm. that I have ever had in my life. It literally felt like a drill was just going through the middle of my school. Wow. Um, I, I was nauseous. I couldn't breathe and I I've never walked away from a workout before mm-hmm. or anything I was doing like it wasn't just like a normal pain like it, it wasn't just like a headache or I'm just a little tired or whatever it was paralyzing to be honest with you I 
I I remember going to sit down and Mm -hmm. I was like it is way too hot in here so I went to start the car and eventually Stan came out because he was working out with you he was working out with us it was just a Sunday where we had the grandparents over to watch Mila and we decided well let's go grab a workout like a one o'clock yeah just kind of one o'clock type thing and he thought I was you know overheating or Mm -hmm. having heat stroke or I was just you know too hot and on the way home we had to pull over because I got sick yeah and uh, yeah uh, and then we get home and um I go in to take a shower and then he's thinking well maybe she just you know she's have she has a virus or something's going mm -hmm. on that she needs to sleep off yeah because he had to come and get me out of the shower because I... We just sat down. I sat down and fell asleep. Oof. And I slept through the night. And that next morning, I could not get out of bed to get Mila up and ready for the yeah. day. And he was like, something is not right. We're going to the ER. And they did a CAT scan where they told us that my brain was bleeding that's exactly what they said your brain is bleeding yeah so at that point there was a lot of different terminology and emotions being thrown out you know such as brain aneurysms and just the worst of Mm -hmm. the worst of the worst and thankfully, they were able to get me into, you know, St. Luke's Hospital. And, you know, little did I know it was an ICU situation. Um, granted, I don't remember a lot of this. Really? This is really what Stan has told this you is what those what couple days. Stan and friends and family have told me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was um, in ICU for a week. We had oh. um, sev- two angiograms done to rule out the worst, such as a brain aneurysm or any form of stroke or um, anything too significant. And um, at the end, the diagnosis was something called Moya Moya disease, mm-hmm. which is very a very, very rare, you know, uh, disease of the brain. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, well, if something were to happen, can it just be something that can be easily fixed? <laughs> No, not so simple. That's not how Moya Moya's works. No, it doesn't. But thankfully, my case is not only um, something that has really just stumped, you know, most doctors, but in a good way because my body has just kind of done what it needs to do mm-hmm. to to keep that blood flow going and keep me feeling what my new normal is. So do you not feel good or the same as you did before? Because um, I honestly did not know you. I think I met you maybe right uh, before it. Right. So I don't know. What's interesting about that question is before this happened, I thought that I was in the best shape of my life. And I, I yeah, and good I was. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was, I thought I was healthy and, you know, that everything was just great. Um, so I guess, you know, I try to think back about how I felt before and I think that I'm getting to a place in a really only now where I feel like I do, but it took me a long time to feel that way. Well, you were working before. I was. And Mm -hmm. I 
think, had you gone back to work after you had Mila or were you still? I did. Okay. Yeah. So you had gone, so you had Mila, you went back to work. Right. And then all this stuff happened. And mm-hmm. then you guys kind of made the decision that like, no, you should stay home mm-hmm. and take care of you. So a lot of what the doctor said is that, you know, stress is, you know, a big factor in just things, you know, like that, that can happen and just kind of being overwhelmed. And, um, are you saying that being a parent is kind of overwhelming? Just a little. (laughs) No, but I think that my job, I had more of a sales role. And Mm -hmm. so it was very, very demanding. I traveled a lot. Yeah. It's interesting. We, to circle back, I didn't know. I think I knew that you did sales, but I didn't know that you like drove around a bunch and traveled a bunch. Oh yeah. So when you said, oh, I was driving through and I decided to go and stop and have lunch with my, my dad, dad. I was like, I was either on the road or on a plane at least three to three days a week or more. Yeah. And I mean, it was at the time, even before kids, like you don't think anything of it, Mm -hmm. Um, but it does, it does take a toll on you. So my quote is never fear spoiling children to make them too happy. Happiness is the atmosphere in which all good affections grow. And what I would say I can relate to is just the trip that we took this past weekend to Galveston. It's really not about the materialistic things. Mm -hmm. It's just spoiling them with these memories of going to the beach for the first time with your cousins. Is that their first trip to the beach? Well, Mila was a lot younger. Uh, She's going to stock this one away. Oh, yeah, she is. And Issa, obviously, she won't remember it, but it was her first trip to the beach. Mm -hmm. But it was with her cousins, and she had the time of her life. And let's be honest, traveling with kids is not easy, (laughs) and sometimes it's a lot of work. But just giving them that, that kind of happiness and... And loving them, I think, is what's important to us as parents to give our kids. Yeah. Um, Do you have any advice to leave parents? I think just what I said before. Don't don't worry about the small things or trying to have the perfect child. Because let's be honest, no child is perfect. They're all kind of terrible sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's normal. Like mm-hmm. they, they have little emotions that they don't understand either. Mm-hmm. But I just think just loving them and making them know that they're loved is just the important part of being a parent. All right, guys. So if you've gotten to the end of this episode, um, thank you. And if you like what you've heard so far, please like and subscribe and rate it and tell your friends and um, keep listening. Bye.